Happy New Year! Retirement savings and tax breaks have changed significantly with the passage of the SECURE Act 2.0 in the final days of 2022. And this new law contains about 100 different provisions that may affect your retirement. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, go to the podcast show notes now, watch the SECURE Act 2.0 video, and download the companion guide to learn about some of the most immediate changes that have already gone into effect. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 411, the first YMYW of 2023, we're revisiting your favorite topics of 2022, down market retirement withdrawal strategies, and the 5W1H, that's the who, what, where, when, why, and how of Roth conversions, plus the funniest derails of the year. We'll kick things off with your questions from the two most popular episodes of the year, number 379, six money strategies for down markets depending on your goals, and number three. 366 Roth conversions versus Roth contributions. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joey Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Uh, we got Ryan writes in from St. Louis. Does I tried submitting online, but it did not appear to go through, so sending it via email. Thanks. Okay, little note to IT. <laughs> got a little problem with um, our website. They have been told and they, they keep saying, well, you know, sometimes if people have slow internet connections and I'm thinking, I think it might be the slow website that's the problem. I believe you're probably right, Andy. So if you have questions and you can't get them through the form, you can just email info at purefinancial.com and we'll make sure that that gets to Joan Big Al. Yeah. He found it. He did. I wonder how long it took him. I wonder if he's like, man, I mean, I tried <laughs> to send this question like eight <laughs> times. And he's like, screw it. I'm just going to go to info. Hello, Joe, Big Al, Andy. I've not met Andy in person, but can tell from just her voice, she is a beautiful person. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, wow. Look <laughs> at what the hell is going on here. You know, we'll just exit. We'll let Andy answer this one because <laughs> clearly <laughs> there's a favor. Oh, Ryan, it's just going full court press. <laughs> just listen to your voice every week as it comes out. I cannot say the same for Joe and Big Al, as I do not have this power with male voices. Oh, and he's a cheese ball too to go with it. He can't tell if you're beautiful people. Oh, love this guy. I've been listening to the show for about six months and love it. Please keep up the great work. All right. Well, I guess this is the last episode, Big Ryan. <laughs> I have what I think you will consider to be an easier short question. My father-in-law just retired and he is wondering how best to withdraw from an IRA when in retirement. Do you simply take a fixed amount of monthly at a conservative rate or do you keep a safety stock of cash in the account to draw from while the remainder rides in the market? I'm thinking of times like now when the market's down 20% in systematic withdrawals would hurt your position more while the market is lower than average. If you have a position of cash, you could then buy more when the market is down or build this cash reserve when the market is up. If cash reserve is best, how would you recommend six or 12 months or more? I drive a 2017 F-150, have a two-year-old golden retriever named Blazer. My loyal wife, and two twin boys. 
Oh, lovely wife. Did I say loyal? You did. I think that might have been a little projection there. Yeah, that that works though. Well, big ride from St. Louis, you know. He's like, yeah, I got my loyal wife. As <laughs> so I listen to Andy's voice. <laughs> uh, I love to drink Fantasyland IPA. Fantasyland. Never heard of that one. And thanks for your advice. We don't give advice here, Ryan. Don't give advice. What we do is we just chat a little bit about people's financial situation. Okay. So this is, you know, uh, this market downturn, Alan, I'm feeling that people are more chill, more confident, or more something, you know? Like in years past, and we haven't seen a ton of them, but, you know, people would kind of be freaked out. You know what I mean? We'd get a lot of calls from clients. We have thousands of clients. We manage billions of dollars in assets. And over the years, as Al and I were, were, were growing our business, you know, we would get calls and people would be a little bit scared and a little bit freaked out. And, you know, then we'd have to talk them off the ledge and, and so on and so forth. But I think this time around, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, I, I, don't, I, I think either more and more people are getting more educated. And like Ryan here, he's like, okay, we got a market downturn of 20%. So be it. But what should I be doing in regards to distributions, right? Should I keep this stash at 20%? Should it be a six months of income need, 12 months of income need? Should I be taking distributions? Where should I be taking the distributions from? It's not like, oh my God, what is the market going to do? Is a skull, you know, you know the, the, the sky is falling and everything else. He's looking for strategy that's really sound, that makes sense for him or his father-in-law, or whoever he's asking this for, which I applaud for. So anyway, yeah, I digress. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think that anyone probably in their forties or fifties and older, they went through the great recession. They saw how this worked. That was the worst recession since the depression. And I, I've never been clear on what's the difference <laughs> between a depression and a recession. It doesn't really matter. It was the worst downturn that we've had since One the- Al Capone lived in. the other uh, was 2000 i i I think i read once that our government didn't want to call it a depression because people would get too free so that's why it became the great recession but nevertheless that doesn't matter i guess the point is the the people that are thinking about retirement now live through this and they saw you know what as bad as that was it came back so we've got we've got some confidence right i think the younger generation if they've invested in an 11, 12 year bull market and all of a sudden it goes down, that might be a little different because they haven't had that experience. But, but yeah, I, well, yeah. I, with, with some of the fire folks that, that we kind of blew up over the years, I don't know how they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. How about that crypto? Remember her? Oh yeah. Yeah. Amanda. Her name was Amanda. She works. Oh. Yeah. I remember the company that she worked for. I'm not sure if she's still there or not. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how about the guy that, that, that leveraged to the hilt to buy rentals? That was Kubert. <laughs> Kubert. Oh yeah. That's uh, leveraging. I can predict what's going to happen there. Yes, sir. <laughs> but Ryan, well, yeah. So he's asking two different questions. One's a bucketing strategy. One's a, a distribution or uh, the 4% rule or whatever. Right. So he's saying, all right, well, if I take 4% out of the portfolio or 3%, you know, is that a better way to do it than bucketizing the portfolio? And bucketizing means 
I'm not going to take a, a 4% distribution from the total balance and sell all positions within the portfolio. I'm going to have some money set aside in cash or to, to live off of for six months, 12 months, or whatever that is, as the market then can recover. So I'm not selling stocks that are down. I think both are um, fine, but both are flawed. I think again, I mean, the, I think the, the the theme of today's show is like, all right, well, what are you trying to do with the money and manage the money appropriately towards your goals? And if you have a really sound goal of what you're trying to accomplish and have a, a set strategy, a real clear strategy of what you should be doing in good markets and bad, then you're fine. Then you, I mean, right. Then you just kind of roll through it. You just execute on things that should be doing when markets are bad. Right now, you should be looking at Roth conversions. You should be tax loss harvesting. You should be buying equities because markets are down, right? When markets are up, then you take a look. Okay, well, maybe I should be selling. You sell high, buy low, right? So there's different things and different strategies that you should be doing given bear markets and bull markets. But as long as you understand what your strategy and plan is and what the money's for, then you can trigger those executions automatically. You could, you know, or have an advisor do it or, or have a robo advisor do it or, or set it, you know, and forget it, whatever. But, but then these help the, the, with times like this, it, it helps calm the nerves, right? You know what you're going to do. Yeah. I think you, you, particularly when you're in withdrawal mode, you need, you need, you need some growth, but you need a lot of safety because you're withdrawing money. Safety is generally bonds. If you want to withdraw from bonds when stocks are up and stocks, I mean, other way around, withdraw from stocks when they're up and when stocks are down, withdraw from bonds. Great. If you want to sell a few of your bonds into cash for a year's cash for whatever needs you have for the year, that's a super simple way to do it. But yeah, I guess the, the main point is have the right allocation for what your needs and goals are. I think Lee from Jacksonville, Florida, he left us a message. Hey, Andy, Joe, and Al. Quick question from Jacksonville, Florida. We have a Roth IRA with 130000 a traditional IRA with 120000 We are currently in the top, near the top of the 22% tax bracket. We've been trying to convert IRA into traditional IRA pieces at a time, about $20,000 a year. But we're getting to the point where we're probably not going to get done by the time the tax hikes occur when they expire in 2026. So our question is, instead of contributing the $12,000 a year to Roth IRAs, $6,000 into my wife's and $6,000 into mine, should we just bite the bullet and convert as much as humanly possible into the Roth IRA from the traditional using the $12,000 for taxes that we would have contributed to the Roth. We could probably complete it in about two years, except we would not be contributing to the Roth. We would have just rolled over everything from the traditional. Really appreciate any spitballing you can give. I am currently driving in my silver Tacoma. I'm uh, not drinking because that would be bad. And uh, we have two cats. I uh, emailed before, but I uh, figured I'd give you my voice this time. Lee from Jacksonville, out. Lee. Yeah. Nice to hear your voice, Lee. All right. He's cruising around in Tacoma, thinking right. about converting. So he he wants to use some leverage. 
Sure. I, I like the strategy, but I don't know if it makes sense. Okay. So what, 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 what do you say? Well, a couple of things. What Lee is trying to do is to get all of his money from the traditional IRA to the Roth. So he's got $120,000 in, in his IRA. He's got 130 in the Roth. And he's like, hey, let me bang this thing out. Let me convert 20 some odd thousand dollars a year. And over the next several years, that 120 is now all going to be in a Roth IRA. I'll pay the tax and we'll be good. I like that, but he doesn't necessarily have to convert 100% of the IRA. It doesn't make any sense. Right. So what the strategy he's talking about makes sense for a lot of people, but I don't think it makes sense for Lee. So what Lee wants to do is say, you know what? I'm making Roth IRA contributions. We're making $6,000 contributions per year uh, for, for the spouse and I. So instead of taking that $12,000 that would have went into a, a Roth, Maybe we convert $30,000 and we'll have a tax bill of 12 grand. Instead of contributing to the Roth, we'll just take that 12 grand and we pay the IRS to get the $30,000 conversion in the Roth. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't have a calculator. I just kind of totally made that number <laughs> up. Close enough. I mean, maybe it's 40 grand, but that's the, that's the concept, right? So, believe it or not, I agree with you. And, and the reason is because you don't have to convert everything. I mean, if that's your goal to convert everything, great. But in this example, you got $120,000. I don't know how old you are, Lee, but let's just say, first of all, let's just say you're in your 60s. Lee's not in his 60s. I know, but I'm going to give two Did answers. Did you hear his voice? No, but I'm going to give two answers because for our <laughs> other listeners. In your 60s, it means that your RMD is relatively close. It's probably going to be no more than five, dollars $6,000 for, for a year. So it's not a big number. Now, on the other hand, if you're in your 30s or 40s, which you probably are, then it's going to grow a little bit more. The RMD required minimum distribution when you finally get there will be higher, but you don't have to convert everything because what happens is you're paying uh, by converting, you're paying taxes in a 22 or 24% bracket in order to save a 12 or 15% bracket later. So that's first of all, the concept though, I agree with it, which is if you've only got a little bit of money, should you do a Roth contribution or should you use it to pay the tax on the conversion? I actually would prefer the tax on the conversion because then your $12,000 can get 30 or $40,000 converted instead of just the 12,000 going into a Roth. So I, I like the concept. I just don't think the numbers are high enough to justify it. So we're missing a lot of information, Lee. First, um, I think a lot of you just like to give us the IRA numbers, but you might have um, $2 million in a 401k, sure, right? Or there's other retirement accounts or there's pensions or there's other income. So we have to map out the entire scenario for you really to understand. He's kind of looking at it in, in a bubble, right? It's like, Hey, I got $120,000 in this traditional IRA. He might have several other retirement accounts. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if Lee's given us more information in the past. Um, but we would have to look at the entire picture. If this is just a picture of only 120 here, the, your distributions, you, I mean, the force out on the distribution is not going to be that bad where it's going to pop you into another tax bracket where, you know, you could slowly do the conversions. You don't have to get a hundred percent of it in the Roth. Um, but I, I like the concept. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Like, let's say, let's say you had $2 million in a, and a 401k, then it would be completely different advice. Then I would say, yeah, it's a great, great plan because you're going to want to bleed out as much as you can. And I'd rather have you use the $12,000 to pay the tax on a conversion than do the contribution. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think for other listeners out there that, I mean, our listeners love the Roth. <laughs> and, well, it's because you did. taught them to Joe. <laughs> and so they want to look at every strategy possible to yeah. leverage the Roth. Sure. And, uh, they, Lee, they, they like tax-free. Yeah. I, I like Lee's point. And I, I think a lot of people probably should be looking at that strategy. So again, instead of taking the $12,000 from cash flow to go into a Roth contribution, let's say that's the only thing that they can afford, right? There's no extra cash flow. That's what they're going to save. That's what they're earmarked for saving up $12,000. Does it make sense for them to convert or to add to their savings? Well, are they on track for their goals? First of all, do they need to use that money to continue to build their nest egg? Well, that's an obvious, right? Sure. But if they're if they're close and they accomplish their goals, you know, and then they want more diversification, well, then yeah, then you want to use that or some or part of that to do the overall conversion. Laws regarding Roth options, taxes, retirement plans, and so much more have changed since these questions were originally answered. So download the Secure Act 2.0 guide for free from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to find out how these changes impact you. In the show notes, you can also watch Joe and Big Al answer these questions on video, find links to the original episodes where they aired, read the full transcripts, and share the love and spread the YMYW knowledge to help us grow the show. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes for all the good stuff. Next up, from episode number 359, the most popular YMYW podcast episode on our YouTube channel, is now the time for Roth conversions or wait until retirement. We got Paul from Southern California. He writes in, he goes, hey, I have a question about a Roth conversion. Imagine that. <laughs> first one. Have we ever talked about Roth Never. Before? First one here today. Well, I'm still a high income earner. All right. Married 56 years old and plan to retire when I'm 60. All right. So he's 50. He's got four years. Right. I make between 450 and 800,000 annually. I got a big old that's, income on. That's healthy. That's Paul. Congrats. <laughs> uh, depending on how business is going, this puts me in the 35 to 37% federal tax bracket. I have maxed out my traditional 401k each year and currently have about $800,000 in it. We have no money in a Roth, uh, Roth IRA account. Total savings is about $2 million. We have about $1.2 in equity in the house. Our kids are through college and out the door. I like that saying. <laughs> Get the hell out of the house. Uh, do I wait? Until I retire, maybe some are retired, to do a Roth conversion when my income will drop to a lower tax bracket. I may start part-time in a few years. After 60 or so, my income will be around $80,000. Or does it make sense to get money into the Roth now, even though I'm in the highest tax bracket? I appreciate any spitball you can do on this question, even if you mix in some flippant comments. (laughs) You wouldn't do that, would you? (laughs) Oh, he's got a big wallet. Um, for okay, what well, the question I have? Paul's making four fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Then he's going to go part time and make eighty. Yeah, that's what he says. In, Wouldn't you in think four years. time would be like four hundred or two fifty? <laughs> Not necessarily. Maybe he wants to work a lot less, or even do something different, that's something like more fun. Eighth of the time, it definitely <laughs> sounds like it's going to be just something different. You know, I'm going to go part time and make five bucks an hour. All right, right. that's fine. Yeah, well, usually people say, you know, I, I used to make five hundred thousand. I'm going to go into consulting. I'll make, I'll make at least that, no, maybe, at least maybe that. more. And then we see him in two years later. How'd you do? Yeah. Well, it didn't quite happen like yeah, that. Looking at 
the airport. <laughs> okay. What I don't know, Al, I know what your opinion's gonna be. Yep. I'll okay, I'll say it. I would I would wait till 60. If you're in a high bracket, you're gonna be in a much lower bracket. You've got 12 years to convert. It's not like you've got millions and millions. You got eight hundred thousand, which is a good number, but it's not like it's a it's a, I mean, sometimes we see some pretty big numbers and, and for a much bigger number, I'd say, let's go ahead and start converting because you're going to be in the highest bracket anyway. But I don't think that's the case. So I would wait till retirement personally. Wow. Just kind of shattered Paul's dreams there. <laughs> well, you don't have that much money, Paul. Well, <laughs> we only deal with... I didn't say that. I just said, I, well, I said, it's not like you got a lot of money, Paul. I, I didn't even say that either. I said, I said, you got a good amount, um, but, but not enough. But not enough for if if it were me, not not enough to do conversions while I'm in the highest tax bracket. Got it. Um, I would convert some for sure. I know you would, without question. The market's down. Yeah, but it's it's recovering. You better hurry. You better do it it tomorrow. Go now. (laughs) Uh, As soon as you hit this download, uh, (laughs) hit that go button on the conversion. I don't know. The market's down. Um, he's got a couple million dollars. He's making four fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars a year, so he's killing it. Yeah, right. And he's going to work for another four or five years. He's probably going to save another few hundred thousand dollars that's going into a non-qualified or brokerage account. Then he's going to go part time. He probably doesn't spend a ton. Um, I would say, what the hell? I mean, if you have a Roth four hundred one k option, I would start there because it's a lot easier to kind of swallow the pill. Yeah, I do agree with that. Right. You know, so you say, okay, well, you know, going back to, I guess, Uncle Teddy's question, just a good mix of 15% and five. Right. You know what? I think that would be a fine mix for Paul. At least you start the Roth, you get a little bit of money tax-free. And then when he retires, semi-retires at, you know, age 60, then you're right. Then then you would unload and, and, and probably do maybe to the top of the 12% or 22% tax bracket. Or 24 even. Yeah. Um, but you, you look at it at what tax bracket is Paul going to be at full retirement age? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Th- that's what that's where Al's coming from, Paul. He's like, well, you have eight hundred thousand dollars. Your required minimum distribution is not going to blow you up. Right. It, 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 depending on what his lifestyle is and what his savings or spending is, you could probably spend or, or take money out of the, the, the account at, you know, the 12 percent tax bracket and maybe maintain a pretty low tax bracket throughout. Uh, versus let's say if you have a large pension, you have social security, you have a a lot larger retirement account and no other assets. That's what we usually see. He's got a few million dollars. It's not chump change, but he's diversified a little bit where he's got some money in a brokerage account. And then he's got the other money in a 401k where mostly uh, a lot of times we we, we see two, $3 million in a retirement account and that's their entire liquid investment. Yeah, good point. And so uh, another, so to kind of follow up on my thinking, so you're right. So Paul has a, a lot of money outside of retirement, a lot of equity in his home. He's got money in retirement, but he's already got a decent mix. He just doesn't have Roth IRA. And the thing is, if he was 69 years old, I might have a different answer, totally. but but at 60, you still got 12 years to do conversion. So that that's what I would do. I would wait, but but it, it's not a bad idea with your current 401k to at least get a little money going to the Roth just to get that started. Sure. Um, okay, cool. Hopefully that helps. Thanks a lot for the email. And from episode 404, 2022's best explanation on why you would want to contribute to a Roth IRA in the first place. We got uh, Champ. Can. Champ kind. 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 
I wasn't going to yeah. correct you, but that, this side. <laughs> no, sorry. That, that one's too obvious. A little champ kind from Washington. That's um, a little anchorman. Yeah. Sportscaster, right? Wow, pow. Whoopoo. <laughs> Whammy. 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 <laughs> there it is. Yep. yep. Coming back. All right. Hey, guys. My friends have been uh, pestering me about contributing to my Roth 401k. I'm currently uh, married and make $150,000 combined at the age of 33. Whammy! <laughs> All right. You, you could get away with it. <laughs> Hell of a job there. Uh, <laughs> we plan to retire uh, when our retirement accounts hit $2.5 million. Um, in our mid sixties, the guy's 33. He's like, all right, 30 years, going to get two and a half million. Uh, we will then plan to, uh, to withdraw a hundred thousand dollars a year and receive $50,000 a year in social security. This will match our current income of $150,000. I'm not following the math on why I should contribute to Roth. Well, I, I can tell. Yeah, there's a couple I'm, things missed here. <laughs> I'm trying to follow your math. <laughs> on your overall financial plan here. Uh, we contributed to the traditional 401k today. This saves us money in our marginal tax bracket at 22%. When we withdraw the money in retirement, we'll pay taxes at our effective rate. Okay. Well, you're paying taxes on your effective rate today too, uh, which we would expect to be lower than 22% at this lower income level. What am I missing? Why would I lose the tax savings at a marginal rate today to save taxes at an effective rate in the future? Thanks so much for all the spitballing. All right. Let's kind of break this down for our friend. Okay. Jim. So they're they're making 150000 uh right now He's uh, at age, age 33, uh, which is great. And married a couple hundred. And then plan to retire uh, when our accounts hit $2.5 in our mid-60s. So as you say, yeah, call it 30-plus years from now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Plan to withdraw a hundred thousand a year and receive fifty thousand years of social security. Okay. That that's all good. What about inflation? Uh, I don't know what you're spending right now, but let's just say you're spending, I don't know, even if you're spending a hundred right now, what what's that gonna be? <laughs> what's that gonna be, Joe, in, in 30 years? Probably two fifty. I will tell you a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. If you're spending uh, that today. Okay, 30 years from now? Yeah. What inflation rate you want to use? Uh, we use what, 3.8? Let's call 3.5. Okay. Future value of that is 280,000. So you're probably going to be spending 280. In fact, probably if you've done a good job saving, my guess is you want to spend a little bit more than that because you're going to have more time for travel, more time for this and that, right? So the fact that you've got, you're able to withdraw 150, that's great, fantastic, but that's not going to cover your current lifestyle. And then with inflation, it changes tax rates, it changes all kinds of stuff. Remember, we're probably in the lowest tax rates we're going to see for some time, although, you know, we've been saying that for a long time. But it seems right now, Joe, because we've had such higher tax rates, at least throughout my career, this is really actually as low as they've been. And they're scheduled to go up in 2025. And the fact that our government still is in debt likely will probably go up at some point in the future. So tax rates will probably go up. So, so yeah, I think inflation's missed here. And what, what the, what, what the real spend, what the real need is, how much you're saving to produce whatever kind of income you need. And if you can have, um, some of that in Roth, in fact, even a lot of it in Roth, you'll be in a much better position tax-wise in the future. Okay. So let's just, let's look at this the opposite way. 
Okay. The present value of $150,000, right? So let's just look at, he's saying, hey, I'm going to produce $150,000 of income in 33 years. Okay. And what, what's that in today's dollars? 50 grand. 50 grand. So, so can, you live on, that, can you live on 50? So yeah, if I'm looking at this and say, all right, champ, if you're, if you're living off of $50,000 a year, then, okay, then your strategy sound. And at $50,000 of, let's say, taxable income, you're probably going to be in a lower tax bracket for sure. But if you want to maintain your same lifestyle, then your 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 math is wrong. Your plan is 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 wrong. But because you're right, he forgot inflation. Yeah. And then where's tax rates going to go? And then he's looking at effective and marginal rates. Well, you're still taxed at your effective rate in retirement. Yeah. Someone's going to be taxed at 10, 12, 22, or someone's going to be taxed at 10, 15, 25, 28, whatever the rates go. Yeah, if alternative minimum tax come back like it's supposed to, it could be kind of an effective 35% rate. The other thing too is don't don't forget that all things being equal, you probably will make more at age 43 than 33, and you'll probably make more at age 53 than 43, and so on. So you're likely going to be making more and you're going to be paying higher taxes. You're probably going to get used to a higher lifestyle. So you, you have to factor all these things in. When you're young, especially young in a down market, you want to get as much money as you can in a Roth IRA. It's kind of like a no-brainer if you if you consider all the financial variables. What one last thing, and then I'll then I'll drop this. Think about it like this: the Roth IRA is going to be able to help you control your taxes in retirement. Okay. And what I mean by that is that you're going to have different areas to pull from because if all of the money that you have is $2.5 million that you're going to save, and all of that is in a retirement account. And now your champ is getting a little fancy with us because he's going, he's switching back and forth from marginal and effective. So if you think, and, and I like where you're going with that because the effective rate is, is adding your tax right to your income or, or dividing your tax into your income. Marginal rates you're, you're taxed on a marginal rate. You're going to be taxed a little bit at each of the different marginal rates. So if you think of it like this to say, hey, as I start pulling money from retirement and right now he's in the 22% tax bracket, is there a way that he could stay in the 12% tax bracket in retirement but have higher income? And that's true if you have diversification in your investments from a tax perspective. If you have money in a Roth IRA, you're never, ever going to be taxed on those again because you've already paid your 22% tax on it. And then when you start pulling money out, and let's say tax rates go up or if they stay the same, right? So you're going to pull money from your retirement account and you're going to pay whatever tax on that. But then if you have, if you need additional needs or you want more cash flow, or you, you want to go on a bigger trip, you want to do a, buy a car, you want to whatever, you have money in other areas that are not going to be taxed at all. It's going to give you a ton more control over your lifetime. Last point for champ. So if I'm looking at this, let's say he saves $10,000, right? Okay. Well, hold on. He's got $150,000 in a retirement account, right? He makes 150. Oh, that's right. I don't know how much he's got in a retirement account. No, he doesn't uh, say. Okay. So let's just say he has $150,000 in a retirement account. Okay. And he was in the 22% tax bracket, and that's what his savings was on that $150,000. Yep. Okay. 
So that's $33,000 of tax savings that he received over the years by putting that money into the 401k and getting a tax deduction. Sure. Can you follow that? Yep. Andy, you with me? Yep. All right, good. <laughs> so now he's got $2.5 million. And now he's got to pull that money out and he's going to be taxed, right? On the 2.5? Yep. That's right. And so let's just say he's in the 12% tax bracket. Well, he's going to pay 550 grand. 550. 2.5 at 22%. No, that's, oh, I, thought you, I thought you did it, 12%. Well, yeah. Well, at 22%, it's 55 or 550,000. Yeah. Keep it apples to apples. Yeah, yeah. And 2.5 at 12% is 300 grand. Yeah. Okay. So he saved 30,000 in the 22% tax bracket. It grows to $2.5 million. And then, he, and then he pulls the money out. And let's say he pulls it out at a lower rate at 12%. He's going to pay $300,000 in tax, right? And if he pulls $2.5 million, I know a lot of people are thinking I'm stupid by going through this example. And I know if you're going to pull $2.5 million on a retirement account, you're going to be in a hell of a lot higher tax bracket than 12%. But over his lifetime, if he stayed in that 12% tax bracket, that's the amount of money that he's going to be paying tax. So the tax deduction that he receives he has to pay back in the future with interest because there is no free lunch. You get a tax deduction today, but 100% of those dollars are going to be taxed when the money comes out. Either they're going to be taxed when you withdraw to spend it, or they're going to get forced out within an RMD, or you're going to pass away and your spouse is going to pay it, or your kids are going to get hammered with it. So don't get so caught up at, oh, well, I'm going to be in this bracket and that bracket, hard, hard, hard. right? Where me? <laughs> I got it. We got to take a break. Whatever. I hope that I, my my point is made, champ. Kind. Go watch Inkerman, folks. For if you never got what the hell we were talking about in this inside joke, it's it's that was the stupid catchphrase. The retirement plan spitball analysis was the most popular type of question from 2022, so we'll finish with a model spitball from episode 387. This show would not be a show without you, so visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to send in your money questions via email or voice message and to get a retirement plan spitball analysis of your own. Give us a name, make it up if you want, tell us your location, your age, when you and your spouse, if you have one, want to retire, how much you need to spend in retirement, how much you make now, how much you have saved, and any other relevant details. And of course, the irrelevant details like your car, your pet, what you drink, and how you listen to YMYW too, just like John does here. John from Greenville, South Carolina. Hey, YMYW team, John here from Greenville. Uh, grew up as an Iowa farm boy. All right. Regular listener. Great financial info and always hilarious. Boom. Thank you, John from Greenville. Drive a 2006 Hyundai Santana. <laughs> Sonata. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty close. With 240 miles and drink Natty Light. Now that's that Iowa, you know. <laughs> uh, retirement spitball question. I'm 59, making $100,000 a year. My wife is 61, making $50,000 a year. She'll retire in January 2023 at 62. Try to get her to work longer, but not happening. Kind of try a little bit harder than John. <laughs> I'd like to retire at 64 
or even 63 if all goes well in the market. Currently have approximately $800,000 pre-tax, $175,000 Roth, $120,000 brokerage, and $20,000 HSA. Current investments are about 70-30 allocation. Saving 10% pre-tax, 2.5% guaranteed employer match, annual variable match based on end-of-year profit, 7% of the 401k Roth, maxing out 7,000 Roth and 4,500 in the HSA. At 64, fixed income will be $51,000 from my 25 Social Security, wife's 12K Social Security, and wife's $14,000 pension. Current income projection need is $84,000 annually. Spitball thoughts? All right. Now we got some information, John, from Greenville. Thank you. We do. Sit back and have a natty light. So this is what you do. All right. So he's figuring out his spending need, which is $84,000. So for those of you that know your, your spending need, that's great. You take that number. If you want to retire in 10 years, take $84,000 by a certain inflation rate and inflate the number um, depending on when you want to retire. So he's already done that, hopefully. So at 84, his fixed income is going to be 51000 now. Yep. So if I take 84, 51 minus, his shortfall is $33,000. Yep. So let's say he's going to, wife's going to retire at 62. He's going to retire at 65. He's drinking Natty Light. So that means he's going to live until at least 95, right? Because <laughs> that's a light beer. It's a light beer. It's yep. very refreshing. So yeah. maybe he takes 3% out. Yeah. Right. 65 plus tax plus an ongoing cost of living. Yeah. There's plenty. Plus she's got a $14,000 pension and social securities uh, in the wings, right? But, no, I've already calculated that. Oh. So he needs $1.1 million at age 64 when he retires. Yep. He's already there. Already got it. Yep. So, he's right. already got it. You're right. So, so again, you, you take your 84,000, you subtract out your social security plus your pension, right? Got it. Yep. And so that created a shortfall. You need to figure out what your shortfall, because you have $51,000 from your um, social security, your wife's social security and the wife's pension. So 84 minus 51 is 33. Then you can take 33,000 divided into whatever percent, 3%. To be safe at, at this age. That's 1.1 million. So then you look at, okay, that's your bogey. What do I need to do to get to 1.1 million? Well, you're right there. You know, you're saving a ton um, and you already have the bogey right now. So yeah, there's the spitball for you. I think yeah. you're, you're, you're on track. Now the next step. So that's the first step. Now the next step is that, okay, well, how's the income going to be taxed? So then that's when you start creating your tax strategy. So if it's all in a 401k plan pre-tax, then you're, you're saying, all right, well, maybe I start looking at getting more money into a Roth account. What tax bracket am I in? What tax bracket am I going to be in the future? You know, if you want to live off of $84,000, you know, you're probably in the 12% tax bracket, but you do have a lot of money sitting in retirement accounts and your distribution rate is not going to be all that much. So then you're looking at forecasting your 401k at 72 is going to kick out more money than you're probably spending. So does it make sense to start converting or maybe not so much into pre-tax, but more into post-tax? And then the next step from there is to figure out, all right, how should it be invested? What target rate of return are you trying to shoot for? And then what is your withdrawal strategy? What assets are you going to start spending down, you know, to create that $33,000 of income, right? So from a spitball perspective, you're good from a dollar 
only. Now you got to create your strategy. What's your tax strategy? What's your investment strategy? What's your withdrawal strategy? God forbid if you fall over, you know, drinking your natty light, what does the wife do or vice versa? Because now her pension's gone, Social Security's gone. So then you, you start playing the contingency plan, right? You got grown kids. What's your estate plan? What is your estate strategy? So I, I think we get these questions, Al. It's like, well, should I do a Roth conversion? I don't know. I mean, there's so many other things that you should be taking a look at. Yeah, well, I think you said it perfectly. So just to reiterate, so you look at your spending need, what you want to spend, and then you look at your fixed income. In this case, then you subtract the spend from the fixed income. You get a shortfall. You divide that shortfall into what you have. It, it came out to about 3%. You can go the other way. You can take your shortfall and divide it into 3% to see how much you need since you're not retiring right away. So that looks great. Um, most of your income is in a traditional 401k. Uh, so therefore it's gonna be, be pre-tax, it's gonna be taxed at ordinary income rates. So yes, you wanna be thinking about doing Roth conversions, but if you do this right, uh, you may not have to convert tons. You might be able to stay in that 12% bracket the whole time, which will probably become the 15% bracket. But this is where some cash flow planning is in order to, to figure out how much you really ought to convert. But you're absolutely right, Joe. It's not just, can I retire? Yeah, you, it looks like you can retire. But how can you make this even better? Because if you have more spendable money, it's not what you make, it's what you keep, then you can have a better retirement. Sure. Yeah. And then I, we're getting a ton of questions from all of you over the last couple of weeks is like, should I postpone retirement? The market's down. Maybe I work another couple of years. Well, can I still retire when the market's down 20% or man, the, the stock market's down, my bonds are down. And should I continue to, to, to work? It's like, it's not the point We're we're going to be in environments where things like this happen all the time. It's what strategy do you have in place? Or what strategy are you going to be putting in place over the next several years so you could be financially independent? Right. So in other words, what, what strat the strategy that you put in place would anticipate markets going up and markets going down so that right now when markets are down, you're not, you're not caught in the cold. Yeah, and you're not freaked out or you're, I mean... You're, you're freaked out, but, but you, you've got a plan to, to write it out. All right. Very good. Great question. Thank you for... Uh, the email. To wrap up YMYW's best of 2022, stick around till the end of the episode for the two funniest derails of 2022, whammy and crazed. Help us start 2023 off right and help new listeners find the show by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for your money, your wealth in Apple podcasts. You can also rate or review YMYW on Spotify, Stitcher, Podchaser, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Podknife, Good Pods, Acast, Amazon and Audible. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. They're a fee-only fiduciary, so they're required by law to act in the client's best interests, and they'll never sell you any product or earn any commissions. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely 
on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. I remember he was crazed. He was crazed? Mel Gibson. What is what? Like he was crazy? He was a crazy, crazy, crazy good guy. <laughs> he was crazed. Yeah. What's wrong with that word? <laughs> I think I've ever used that in a sentence. Well, now you, now you have because you repeated my sentence. <laughs> he was crazed. <laughs> oh my God, that's great stuff. Yeah, you oh. can you can use it now. I won't even charge it. We we, we got to get a catchphrase now. We do. Maybe we start coming up with a whammy. <laughs> well, that was a whammy of a question. <laughs> I'm not going to say whammy. <laughs> you just Al, did. <laughs> I could just see Joe. Al, what do you think? Whammy. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to say that. You, Joe? It's too late. I got it recorded now. You're going to hear it all the time. <laughs> oh, my. I don't think so either. Oh, that's just so bad. Joe, Joe, what, what, Joe what do you think? Whammy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bad. So bad. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> oh, it's funny, though. The, okay. the last thing you want is a CPA saying whammy. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't work. Kill uh, that one. Whammy! <laughs> oh, God.